Hey everybody, welcome back to iZombie Radio, your source for everything iZombie related here on the DCTV Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Chris King, and I'm joined by my two friends, my two co-hosts, my two zombie bros, as we like to call ourselves, not really, sometimes, maybe. It's Blaze Hopkins and Sean Carpenter. Blaze, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing alright. I have a uh, bit of a headache, but... uh... Otherwise, it's a good week so far, so I can't complain. Well, glad to hear that, minus the headache. And Sean, how about yourself, dude? Coming out of a awful weekend to a soul-crushing Infinity War movie, uh, I'm doing all right. I mean, you know. No, no, no Infinity War spoilers here, but uh, I think we all, I think we all enjoyed it, though. I would say. Oh, I enjoyed it. I just got crushed, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an emotional movie for sure. Um, but definitely, definitely worth seeing if you haven't checked it out yet. And uh, yeah, and um, I'm doing well as well. I'm a little delirious right now because it's the week before finals, and I've just had been busy with school stuff. So I'm working on not a lot of sleep and had a schedule of tutoring appointments today so I read way too many papers on things fall apart and other stuff from college freshmen uh, so we're all very nice people by the way if any of you guys are listeners out there St. Joe's freshmen thanks um, but uh, no I uh, so yeah we're gonna just jump right into it and uh, discuss this week's episode which was hilariously titled Mac Livemore which uh, I think definitely one of my favorite titles they've they've ever done on the show. It's pretty clever, and she didn't you know raid a thrift store, but she did raid a lost and found. So I guess that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious what you guys think because I, I I as much as I enjoyed Rapper Live. Honestly, that almost like kind of faded into the background for me in this episode because there was just so much else going on. Um, some really kind of big game-changing things for the season. Uh, is there any particular spot where, where either you guys want to begin? Because um, there, there, there's a whole lot, a whole lot of big developments to talk about. There's, there's one, there's one in particular I think that, that kind of has to jump out to us, but. Where, where would you guys want to start? Uh, I just, I mean, you kick it off wherever you feel fit. I mean, we could start off with the, I can't remember the guy's name, but I just don't want to call him the French guy from Fillmore Graves. But he has subtitles. Hmm. He got subtitled, apparently. The, 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 the inspector who did have a yeah. very, he did have a very good line when he told them to uh, to get jiggy with it. Uh, that was uh, that was clever. <laughs> I loved yeah, it. That was, was good. But no, I mean, I don't I don't see how we can get too far into this podcast without talking about Lane and his new scheme with Donnie and just again like <laughs> blame reminding us that he is full on villain with just f- first of all planning on selling the cure for millions of dollars, but then how he goes about it, just offering up Mayor Baracus as the the, the lambs of the slaughter there. Um, 
I like it's not that I've forgotten about the cure, obviously, because I mean we 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 always kind of touch up on it, uh, especially in relation to the Clive and Bazio situation, but. I did not expect it to come back in this big of a way. And it really, I don't know. I think it's really going to be something that, that changes the whole aspect of the rest of the season now um, for, for myriad reasons, like the cure and, and what it means and Blaine selling it. I think it impacts all of our main characters in different ways. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I think it'll just create more, It'll create an interesting new conflict that, um, you know, we might see some... I think it might be interesting to see how some supporting characters uh, side with things. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Of course, you know, here we have Blaine doing whatever he can to exploit his resources and sort of stay ahead of the curve. Um, But, yeah, I think that... I think this creates just a whole... It adds a whole new element to, uh, you know, the zombies versus human conflict, and I think it also impacts just uh, the creation, lives creation of zombies to save them, and you know, if uh, again, if they find out that there's, if they are able to ever, I guess exploit, or I guess expose Blaine. Or at least find out it was him, and whether it's like Fillmore Graves or you know Liv and Ravi, um, I think it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Just because obviously Blaine does not care about the greater good or sort of the bigger picture with these things, except for his own bigger picture. So um, I would be curious to see you know how this impacts him. And uh, one thing I also wouldn't be surprised of is if uh like Fillmore Graves, right? They have a corporation at their disposal. So I'm curious if they get involved with this and try to like fake bidding to find out who it is. Yeah, I could definitely like see Ch- that. You know, like Chase is a smart enough guy. Well and he's feeling pretty Yep. He's feeling pretty kicked to the curb. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with everything that's happening to him in this episode and how he he learns about Angus's church for the first time mm-hmm. um, as well. But yeah, I, I I agree. And I think, I mean, Sean, I guess, is there a character in particular that you think if, if this news about Blaine having the cure comes to light, which I think it has to at some point, do you think it's going to impact anyone in particular the most? Like, do you think it's going to be Liv, Ravi? Um, I mean, we already we already see it affecting Peyton. Like, I think a small detail at the end there is Peyton's deputy mayor of a zombie city. So yeah, like, <laughs> and she's human. Yeah, exactly. So, and she's aiding uh, the resistance. Yep. So, things are going to go in utter chaos with these last couple episodes, which... Should be interesting to say the least. Um, and I feel like this is going to pretty much affect everyone at Fillmore Graves in a, in a way because it's going to get out to them. Um, and Chase is probably going to, as you guys said, try to, you know, 
get a dose of the cure so that way potentially synthesize it and sort of fix this sort of problem that he has at the moment with overpopulation of zombies in New Seattle. But there was also that little throwaway line when Blaine and Donnie were talking about seeing Ravi suck down a brain tube. And they're just confused. So I have a feeling that that's going to somehow play into it as well, potentially. But I'm not too sure because it was kind of a throwaway line that if you weren't, like, without the rest of the season, we don't know how it's going to play out, obviously. But um, it's... It's going to be interesting. That's all I can really say. <laughs> I think that, I think, um, I mean, I definitely think it, that's the other person I was going to say is I think it could easily impact Robbie too, because, um, of that line showing Blaine and Donnie know to some extent that there's something up with Robbie. And also the fact that I was going to say, no matter how this plays out, uh, I think it'll be interesting because uh, the fact that people a lot more, you know, people in general will know about uh, a potential cure. I think if somebody found out Ravi had been exploring this already, you know, that's going to put him in, the, in, in uh, the middle of probably a conflict because, you know, what if, for instance, uh, again, what if a Fillmore Graves who's sitting, you know, you have a Chase Graves who's sitting there with his own problems of how to feed people, how to save people, and, you know, he, again, could have been backing Ravi, giving him everything he needs to, like, further explore or test or, uh, you know, kind of see how this plays out. And I know, obviously, at the end of the day, there's no tainted utopium. But uh, but still, you know, I, I think that he's a character who could get a lot of crap for it. And also just, you know, you have the other side, obviously, of... Uh, people who are sort of anti-zombie seeing him as even more of a freak for being both and kind of like this you know weird weird guy who wanted to uh be half and half or something so i'd be curious if certain people finding out impacts him as well yeah and i mean if anyone and the other thing is too is like that blaine and them are promoting this like it's a full cure Mm-hmm. And and they don't know about the side effects. I could see their customers getting kind of. I mean, yeah, it is the dark web, but still, I can see their customers getting pretty ticked off when they realize, oh yeah, hey, I guess uh, I guess I'm not actually fully human because again, they're going to get their time of the month just like Robbie. Yeah, does. that's what I was just um, about to say. Like, oh, like I was human and like, you know, like uh, like had sex or something and like. I turned this person, I turned like my significant other into a zombie because I didn't, you know, you didn't tell me. I thought yeah. this was the cure that actually worked with quotes around it to the point where oh, if you were mortally the... wounded, you get reverted back to a zombie. This is the, is this the, or is this, no, this is the amnesia one. Yeah. This is the amnesia for 24 to 48 hours and then you're yep. good hmm. until you get mortally wounded again this isn't ravi's 
other cure. Gotcha. That yeah, you're turned right. him into a were zombie. That's right. Too many, too many cures on I zombie here. And it's not um, the cure that's going to kill you. Well, that we know for sure. That that we knew, knew for sure. I just I kind of completely forgot that that obviously that um, Blaine took these cures before Robbie made his new one, um, the one that he took at the end of season three. Yeah. Um, because there was just enough tainted utopium for that version of it. Yes. But but uh but yeah, so that's the other thing too though. I, I am curious to and I guess then Blaine would be able to warn them, hey, you're gonna have temporary amnesia since he he did under he did go through it himself. Um I mean if if he even wanted to, who knows if he will again with how they're selling it on the dark on the dark web. And uh, and what did you guys think about his like the fact that it's all for this kind of Lex Luthor esque real estate plot? Like, does that does that even it doesn't even matter to me so much that that's what he's doing it for? Like, it makes it obviously gives it some kind of sense, like uh, or some kind of uh, grounded reason for why he wants to do it. But I just I just love the fact that we're again getting the cure back into play now because there's no way this doesn't blow up in their face, especially with by the end of the episode. You have you have Basio on the case, and it's only a matter of time until you know, and and Peyton knows too, and it's only a matter of time until they tell Liv and Ravi, and then Liv and Ravi go, well, we we know only a particular you know only so many people could have stolen our cure, and who would have who would want to sell it. Um. I, I don't know. I, I just I think it's gonna. I think that's what's gonna make this 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 to me is more interesting than even the Angus Fillmore Graves angle, like mm-hmm. this kind of se- because it reminds me of season one in a way that it's like it's more it's more personal, um, and there's more there's more kind of personal stakes, which I I I really appreciate. Um, yeah, I, I guess uh, I don't know. Do you think? And then this can kind of lead us into a discussion about about Clive and what happens with him in this episode. Do you think <laughs> there's a chance that Basio gets her hand on one of these cures before the season's over? Now, we've kind of speculated on it before, but now that it's actually back into play, and would she use it on herself? Do we think? I don't know if she would do it to herself per se, unless it was like. I don't know. Basio seems like the type of person to help others before herself, even if that means not ever really having that sort of relationship with Clive again. Um, She could. It could be out of desperation to save the relationship if, say, they only manage to get their hands on one thing of the cure and there isn't much else to do with that other than use it. But I feel like she'd be more inclined to either give it to someone else or give it to Ravi to at least have some sort of chemical makeup so he could continue making said cure, if at all possible. 
No, agreed. Blaze, do you have any thoughts on it? Do you think do you think she's going to end up taking it? Because that's, that's my thing now. Is like, Are we almost going to do a reverse of last season and Basio gets cured, but the damage between her and Clive has already been done? Because as we see in, in, in this episode, and I'm not going to lie, I was pretty happy for Clive with like his kind of back and forth with Michelle and it actually leading to something sort of real. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, obviously it just, this episode seemed to push the idea that it might, you know, him and Bazia might really be coming to an end, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I could even see her, uh, you know, I already am picturing it in my mind, some crushing line of, you know, of, I guess, Clive being excited that that she has the chance to take the cure and they can get back to normal and her dropping some line of, like, well, at this point, like, you know, what's the point? You know, basically, what's the point anymore? Because the only thing I had to look forward to was being with you and now it's like, don't even have that. So... I'm not sure. I mean, I I think I like your idea with the reverse of last season and everything and I don't know. It seems like it's it doesn't seem good though. Yeah, I I'd agree. I mean, and and what do you guys think? I mean, did you cuz again, we, it's well documented how much we care about Clive and Bazio on this podcast. But were you guys okay with the um with the Michelle and Clive scene? I mean, did you... that's what I think is such a shame is, like, I thought that the chemistry was very well done between them. The fact that it's, like, she is into D&D and, you know, they, there's a lot in common there. And it seemed, I guess, the way they handled the scene, it, you know, it, it feels like... I guess they set it up so it felt like an honest connection there and when they do finally you know come together and kiss and everything i guess it does feel earned and it does seem like clive is actually happy for once this season um so i don't know i mean it stinks because again i don't think i think you know his him and bazio's situation is a result of unfortunate circumstance and frustration right now and i obviously don't want to see them give up on that and i'd rather them fight through it but yeah i mean it i felt like it was well done in this episode and nice to see clive sort of happy sean what are your thoughts on it i'm glad he's happy but at the same time if things play out in a way that either Bazio gets cured or something of the sort, it's going to tear something apart. And someone's going to be hurt in the end. And I don't know. I liked that Michelle sort of showed interest in the D&D game because it it was it was kind of cute that she did like a quote unquote character sheet that was literally just 
the name and <laughs> 200 hit points and nothing else. Yeah, because she had yeah she had no, she was trying. Because she was listening in, and exactly. Although it does kind of seem like her motives were a little not like there were ulter- ulterior motives for her capturing the video and then using it for silly YouTube video nonsense. Um, Did you you thought there were ulterior motives? I think that was her only motive, kind oh, okay. of. Yeah, I, okay, but yeah, I also, but also to get Clive's attention, because even though she knows that he's in a quote-unquote relationship, she still has huge feelings for Clive, as evidenced by the kiss. See, I don't know if it was huge feelings. I think it was just them kind of because. She even says, like, when when they first talked about it, that she didn't want to be somebody's, like, kind of plus one in an open relationship. But I I think it was just, like, I I think, you know, again, with the the lockdown and everything, it was just kind of, she she saw it as, like, a fun way to kind of bond with him and the other guys. And then their kind of natural chemistry just kind of kicked in. Because even... I forget exactly what the line is, but it's something to the effect of like, like I I didn't mean for that to happen, and he's like, yeah, but but it did, um, and you can see that he's it's like mixed of of both, you know, regret, but also it's a regret knowing that okay, wow, this is more than either of us was really expecting. So I think now maybe she's starting to have real feelings for him. I just I didn't buy into that until. This episode, and I, I don't even think she realized it either. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's oh. what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, I, the way I heard you, I thought you were trying to say that she's been, like, harboring feelings for him. Or no, something. no. I feel yeah. like because of the kiss and how things played out, she, like, her heart basically leaped out of her chest and was like, oh, I actually like this guy more than I thought I did. Crap. What do I do? So. Definitely. Definitely. And, I mean, we've been kind of touching on it a little bit. But I think after last week, the writers, I mean, we know you guys listen, iZombie writers. They, you know, even though this episode was done months in advance before we had our podcast last week, but they heard our cries about not having, like, Blaine, uh, or Blaine, Clive, be excited about LARPing and they gave us D&D again. D&D Clive with <laughs> with Ravi and Vampire Steve and Jimmy the Sketch Artist. Like I mean, could you get could you get any better than that? Uh well, I mean, he was DMing too, which was even better. Well, and he my favorite thing was when he did the voice for uh what <laughs> Lady Lady Priscilla. <laughs> oh man. I just, I like whenever Malcolm Goodwin gets to, because, like, Clive's, again, Clive's reaction faces are great, but when he gets to do, like, really goofy stuff, like, when he does that, or he did the Canadian accent this season, this season um, it's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, it definitely is, and seeing him sort of not 
be in a constant state of panic because there's literally zombies around every corner makes me feel great about this. Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing. It was like, you know, even though obviously there was a serial killer on the loose, and we, we'll get to that in just a minute, I'm glad that they were able to have this kind of fun side plot because, I mean, if you are in a lockdown and you, you, I guess you're done all your police work, uh, like, uh, or maybe you're just ignoring it, um, you know, it's why, why not go? And I just, I love too how Ravi had major go get the briefcase and then major found out that they were playing without him, which like was so, was so funny. And it led to another line where he was like, I'm out there catching a murderer and Clive responds, I catch a murderer every week, <laughs> which I loved. That was, that was so good. Um, and I just like the fact that they all, you know, especially a guy like major, he's still like, so in, he, they're all still into it from last season. Um, I just think that's so great and, and such a fun little recurring thing and a nice a nice wink and a nod to, to one of the show's best episodes from last season. Um, but uh, before we get too sidetracked, you know, I bring up Major. What what do we think about uh, him and his like? Well, there's a couple of standout scenes with him. Obviously, the whole major ah, the whole major plot. But the whole big, big plot of this episode uh, is revolving around the fact that, uh, what is his name? It, last name is Kane, is the serial killer. He's a zombie serial killer, and he is on the loose. And, um, you know, Major and the, the recruits are, are out looking for him. But there's two scenes in particular I want to talk about with, with, with regard to Major is the one when he, when Liv, you know, does her, like, rat this to him, but they actually get into a real argument afterwards because um, she kind of calls him out on, on just standing there idly while Mama Leon was murdered or was executed. And then the other one when he turns uh, Crane into or turns Kane into a zombie under um, under Chase Graves' orders, even though he begs him not to. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I mean, for a while, I was thinking that... like I mean, I knew Major respected Chase Graves, but I thought he was just kind of... He was also... He was following orders, but that he, he still kind of... He was still Major, you know, that he still would... If he, something didn't feel right, he wouldn't do it. Um... And he was kind of playing the long game just to get Chase's respect, but I don't know that 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 scene of him, you know, say what you will, obviously the guy's a zombie serial killer. I'm not feeling too too terrible for him, but when Major scratches him there, that was uh, that was a tough moment to watch. It it kind of was, but he kind of deserved it. In the like, in a weird turn of events, like as crazy and cruel and unusual it is to turn someone who is that bigoted against zombies into a zombie to execute him zombie style, is a weird sort of gratifying but also horrifying moment because it shows. It, it literally shows 
how much power Chase Graves literally has and well, how good and bad it is. But that's the thing. I I think that's that's why you say that about Chase Graves' power. I think he he's obviously feeling threatened that he doesn't have it. So that's why he asserts it when he can there. Exactly. Because he, yep, because he knows he's being shut out by his counsel, for lack of a better word. You know, he knows he's not being told things. I love the scene, too, where he, he like, beats in the locker when he he's, first he's hearing of Angus's uh, church because Major's report was never given to him. Um, but, but, yeah, but for what it means for Major, I mean... I mean, what he does there is closer to... I mean, honestly, that's worse than anything he did really as the quote-unquote chaos killer. Yeah. You know, I, again, I'm not feeling bad for a serial killer. My main focus is what it means for Major and what he's willing to do for Chase Grace. Like, that to me is he's now willing to give up his entire essence because of how loyal he is to this guy. Yeah, I, that's what I agree with. I think that's what I, what um, stood out to me was just that even even though everything we've even on here when we've talked about it, we've been trying to at least justify or not even justify, but I guess rationalize um, Major's actions and everything he was doing um, with like, oh, you know, well he's just you know he's it's kind of for this bigger picture and he's acting he's just doing what Chase is saying to blah 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 but now yeah it seems like he will do anything that Chase says and uh, and it's just further solidifying where he stands I mean like you brought up the conflict he has with Liv and um, you know about acting not doing anything about the assassin I guess the uh, murder of Mama Leone and and now we have this and uh, we you know we back when the season started we sort of talked about how we thought maybe at some point Major would sort of come around and working with the kids and everything would remind him of like where he came from but yeah it just seems like he's going deeper and deeper every week and getting sort of more involved with the uh the militaristic side of things i can't say i can't say i blame him because from his point of view he has sort of seen the worst sides of society i think and i find it to be an interesting perspective but yeah as a fan of major um i don't know i guess now that we've seen him do something like this it will it makes me question like how far will things go um just because a yep. Chase Graves knows more and more, like that he can trust Major and sort of get him to do things, um, but yeah, I guess from a personality standpoint of the character, like how far gone is he? Well, and no, that's a great point you bring up, Blaze. Because yeah, how far gone is he? And now, because before, right, we all we all had said if when push came to shove, he'd have Woods back if worse comes mm-hmm. to worse. Now I'm actually questioning that. Yeah. Like if if the, if there's a showdown of sorts in these last four episodes of the season between him and Liv, I I don't think he, you know especially involving Isabel, who we'll kind of touch on as we talk about the last um the last major storyline in, in a second here. 
I, I don't know if I trust Major to make the right call anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I agree with you that it's definitely it doesn't it's not like it's out of character necessarily because you you're right he has seen like kind of the worst sides of humanity on both sides you know when he was thought of as the chaos killer you know from just being from just working for for more graves this season and having to deal with like the different kind of terrorist groups and stuff um it's you know when you have to deal with that crap on a daily basis it's gonna beat you down um and you're gonna look again for this type of community and this type of home that, that majors found at Fillmore graves over mm-hmm. the past year year almost two years so that, that does make sense but i just i'm i'm just curious now if he's gonna if he's willing to step over the lines he's willing to step over like you know him like uh vandalizing the newspaper office the other the other week was understandable because he was trying to get undercover with uh that dude's name was this game Russ Roach Russ or whatever. Roach, Russ Roach. Guy. Yeah, Russ Roach. Um but this is him just you know, doing something doing something pretty unforgivable mm-hmm. without it being for like a it, it it seemed different. It seemed more like, okay, you know, like again that he was hesitant to do it, but that he he wanted to he wanted to chase to kind of keep that respect and keep that trust in him um i mean he's following orders he it if if you think of it like he he could be in serious trouble if he defied a direct order from his like the literal highest superior if you think of it as a militaristic organization as it is you could i agree but I, i i but i also you know I don't know. I would have liked to have seen at least a little more pushback. I think the other thing that bothers me is just like, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Sean, but it also just knowing Major and giving him credit to be smart to, you know, a certain extent. um, I don't know. It's at the end of the day, like if this gets out, Chase's hands are clean, kind of, even though he gave the order. Like Major was the one that turned and like, like turned the guy and... I mean, that's also why I question, like, how much is Major willing to do? Because, again, at the end of the day, um, you know, Chris, like, you brought up, obviously, the great point of, you know, of Liv not having uh, Major's back. Or, uh, sorry, Major not having Liv's back anymore. But I think that what Major shouldn't kind of lose sight of is I don't think Chase has his back, as we've seen. You know, like, any time... Because any time Major mm-hmm. does give that type of pushback or voice his opinion, Chase basically goes, you know, I think we're what what he mis, is, might be misjudging with their relationship is it's still a business relationship. It is not a friendship. And I could totally see Chase, if he gets into trouble later in the season, uh, using Major as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And... You know, because that's we've we've seen that happen with Major time and time again. Yeah. Um, where you know, and and it's unfortunate because he, but but when he, he he'll he'll dive into something, just to find some type of meaning, to find some type of belonging, and typically it's it's not always the best the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it just keeps happening to him. I mean, we had 
Vaughn to Clark. Now we've got Chase Graves. It's just just won't end for him. He's always on the crap end of the stick because he's just, he's too nice. He's too trustworthy. And yeah. He's, he's he's also the person though, as blaze, like, again, very smartly pointed out. I think he's also in a lot of ways lost the most. Like, if you just think about it, like Mm -hmm. back to season one, he lost those kids he was working with. He, you know, he also, he lost Liv in a lot of ways. You know, the Liv he knew. Then, um, you know, then he, uh, you know, he almost lost his life. Then he, you know, became a zombie. He, you know, or then he had everything with the Chaos Killer. Then he lost his, his kind of ability to be, to live without that moniker on him. Then he lost, and I feel like such a bad fan for forgetting her name from last season, who he was going to leave Seattle with. Um, the uh, uh, the the uh, the prostitute, the zombie prostitute, who he had. Uh, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah. He given he given one of the cures to. So it's just like he's had all these opportunities, you know, all these kind of he's had all this pushback and all these bad things happen to him. And then, so it makes sense that he would, again, he would kind of turn to this organization. I just, I don't, I just, I wonder where the breaking point is and where we all go as audience members. That was too far. You know, where may, how far can major go until we kind of like live until we are like live and, and are saying like, you're, you're not the same person. anymore. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think these next few episodes are going to tell us though. And I'm I'm really curious to see, uh, but but uh, getting back to live, I think that's really the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, the last major story, you know, is Liv, Peyton, Ravi, and Isabel are all trapped kind of in the morgue. You know, Ravi's playing the D and D game, uh, but the important thing here is that Isabel meets Ravi. Peyton and Liv kind of introduce her to him originally as their neighbor. And then he finds out about her. Uh, and then Ravi finds out about Liv, you know, essentially taking the role of Mama Leon as, as the main coyote. Um, and Isabel volunteers herself as this as a guinea pig to be studied on to see if, you know, her immunity could lead to a, a full cure or, or, some, or some other type of, you know, research that, uh, that Ravi could use, which... Now with what Blaine and Donnie are doing too is is more important than ever. Um, I think out of all the storylines, this might have been my favorite, um, just because I really enjoyed the 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 back and forth between all the characters here, and there's so many different like aspects of it that I love from Peyton, just like uh, Peyton not wanting there to be any secrets again um, to I think even Ravi's reaction, like I, I like Ravi wasn't like angry, but he was concerned for Liv because he was obviously there when Mama Leon was executed, and he doesn't want to see that happen. And then I I, I like too that Ravi like respects Liv's and Isabel's choices, and that Isabel we're already getting the sense of how I I, I don't want to say strong female character because I know I, that's kind of like a played out turn nowadays, but 
but how really like fierce and independent she is for her age. Um, what what did you guys think of this overall, and and what it means for for Liv and Ravi and 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 Isabel? I like it. I mean, again, I think that it was a no-brainer that Ravi would eventually come into the fold on this and be okay with it, and obviously on this team, this side of things, no matter what. Um, I look forward to his relationship with Isabel and sort of like how that develops, because I think that'll be a fun combination, and she's just such a fun character, you know, who brings a nice enthusiasm to the screen in her scenes that, uh, you know, I think that they will have good on-screen chemistry. And, uh, but yeah, I think it, I think it again shows there's, to me, there's such a calm intensity building to this season. Um, and this episode really took that next step, even though it might not seem like it, um, quite as much. Yeah. I think there's a, there's just a growing, there's growing stakes right now for everything with Blaine and Donnie versus, um, the Fillmore Graves angle. And then you know, the kind of what Liv, Ravi, and Payne are involved with in the terms of the underground railroading and trying to create this cure. And uh, so they have to be, I think, very careful with, you know, just who knows what and sort of where they go from here on out because they, you know, could turn out, things could turn out very bad for them. So I look forward to it because I obviously love all these characters and getting them to be on screen together and just have that screen time. But um, we'll see. I do think the one thing is when we come back, just coming back to Major really quickly, is at the end of the day, even though right now we might not say that or think that he has lives back and would turn on her instantly, I guess, you know, what would he do in the position where he finds out that it's all three of his best friends on the opposite side of him? You know, it's not just, because I, I can see how judgment and everything could be clouded when you're hearing it from an ex, but... Well, and also, like, again, if she's deputy mayor, who's been kind of controlling Baracus this whole time? Fillmore Graves. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fillmore Graves is going to be able to control Peyton Charles. Yeah. And I could see Chase Graves wanting to use the, the Peyton major connection maybe mm-hmm. to to kind of put some pressure on her so that's, that's a really good point you bring up for sure um and i agree with you too it's like i i, I like the fact that Peyton was honest with ravi but they do have to be careful like are we gonna let clive in next like how far mm-hmm. can this how far can this go until it gets out to the wrong person mm-hmm. um not that clive would be the wrong person necessarily but um, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely dangerous, especially if Isabel's going to be spending more time in the lab, that's going to lead to a lot of questions. Um, and, and I don't think she's our neighbor. It's gonna, it's gonna cover it. I mean, you think that's a good enough excuse, Sean? <laughs> it only works if they don't really pay attention to it. Because she's a teenager, I think. She's young. Young enough to pass off as a teenager. 
She's, and... she, the actress who's playing her is only like 15, I believe. So, so. that that's exactly my point. Um, mm-hmm. So it only is like, oh yeah, I'm just showing I'm just showing this neighbor kid around because X, Y, and Z. Like, as long as you only look at it on the surface, no one's gonna pay attention. But the second someone goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, it all sort of crumbles. And the fact that they're going to be experimenting on her and it's going to hopefully lead into something that may bring us into some sort of end game at some point in the future. Or not. Who knows? Who knows? As we said last week, anything could literally happen in these next couple of episodes. So, yeah, it's a long-winded way of saying, no, it's not a good enough excuse. (laughs) Well, no, no, but I think, yeah, I think it's really, I'm really curious to see if these episodes kind of become almost a race for the cure. You know? And if that that sets up what might potentially be a final season with season five, we, we don't know. Um, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom about that. I think we could maybe go longer than that. Maybe, maybe we can't. Maybe we don't even get a season five. I don't know. I, I think that would be BS, especially with the CW expanding to six six uh, nights of programming a week. But uh, still haven't said anything about iZombie. Like yeah. they literally renewed everything else. Well, not not everything. They haven't renewed uh, like the hundred yet, which just came back. I, that, those renewals aren't going to come till. Until uh, later this month at Upfronts. Um, well, yeah, I'm uh, not. I, I'm why. not worried. I'm not worried. Um, no. But, but yeah, but uh, no, I, I agree. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. I really. I, I'm really excited to see is how Isabel continues to develop as a character. I'm really excited to see how Ravi, now that he's a part of this team, kind of contributes. How Peyton, maybe with her new expanded role, contributes to it. Um, yeah, and again, just everyone's just on a collision course, and it keeps getting, you know, we have these already established conflicts like Angus versus Fillmore Graves, and and other things like that, and now we have these new kind of wrinkles being sprinkled into it with with Isabel and and now Blaine trying to sell the cure. It's going to be pretty crazy, and uh, and we talked about all that, and we didn't even mention uh, Liv Liv being being a rapper, which was. Uh, which was really fun. It was it was fun. It was a nice, like, kind of fun little background thing. Uh, I do have one important last question to ask you guys though before we get to some listener feedback, uh, and I posed this to my readers as well in my review. What's the better rap name, Dirty Rain, Little Drizzle, or the combination of the Precipitation Collaboration? Uh, Precipitation Collaboration. It's a lot of what? syllables, but I think it sounds better. Plays. I like Dirty Rain, Little Drizzle. Okay, all right. I'm 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 going to have to go with Sean on this one. I like the precipitation collaboration. Um, but uh, I thought I thought that, that whole little bit was fun, and, 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 and Liv's, Liv's raps were fun. Her rapping with Ravi as they worked in the morgue was great. Even the one with, uh, with her at the very, very end. Um, kind of wrapping over the events. That was that was a fun way to kind of close the episode as well. 
It was ridiculous. I was like, wait, what? Oh, wow, we're doing this. Okay. Um, it was great. And, uh, yeah, is there is there anything else either of you guys wants to touch on um, before we kind of kind of wrap things up here? Oh, let me just sort of scroll through the notes real quick. Um, if my notes actually decide to open this time. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, there was one specific transition that I liked um, when Blaine and Donnie were discussing what, like, Ravi, they said, oh, what is he? And it cuts straight away to Ravi describing his D&D character, and I thought that was a clever, very <laughs> clever cut. Oh, no, that's great, and that's another great thing that you brought up with Ravi, too. With uh, I, I love how... Uh, Blaine also uses Donnie's hacking skills to to spy on Peyton's emails. With <laughs> I thought that was a nice little nice little touch too. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. That was a fun transition for sure. And Where he's like he's like a halfling, whatever. Halfling monk or yep, something like monk. that. Yep. And then Major totally burns Ravi for playing while Peyton's in the morgue. Like, oh, I'm just going to send this text message to Peyton that you're too busy playing up here instead of napping. Yeah, right. Well, you know, that's what happens when you don't invite your bud to play some Dungeons & Dragons with you. You Yeah. Gotta gotta send them the invite. Exactly. But, uh, well, great. Well, with that, um, we got a awesome email from, uh, Maddie Fernandez, who is at LivesMore on Twitter. Uh, we gave her a shout-out last week. She's been sending us some great feedback. We really appreciate it. Maddie, thank you. I'm going to try to read your whole email here. I might try to condense some of it, because it is a lot, but we really... Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now, too. Hear what she said? No, I love it, though. It's great in-depth thought. It's great. It's just like, it's just like we, uh, we discussed. So, uh, she says, you know, hi, guys, it's Maddie. Um, okay, here are some thoughts I had about the episode. First of all, Mayor Barakas getting killed was completely unexpected. It seems like Season 4 likes to continue to remind us that Blaine is a true big bad, even if the fandom thinks of him as more of an anti-hero, or like Spike from Buffy. He he even made a comment about finding a good runaway or something along those lines with, uh, with Donnie on the hacker brain. That was a good callback to Season 1. I, I completely agree about that point, though. This season has really reminded us about Blaine being a villain again. I mean, especially... God, what was that, the, the scene where he... Oh, what was it? A few, it was, was, it, was it the first or second part of the, the rom-com brain episode? Where he he just, like, straight up, like, kills the dude and cuts him open? Um, you, you guys remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, the... He cures the guy, cuts, and, like, kills him to eat his brain so that way he can find out yep. some other sort of nonsense. I can't remember if it was part one or part two because it kind of just blurred together the last time I watched it because I watched it back to back. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree though, yeah, I that's what it was though, thanks Sean, yeah, but no, I I totally agree with Maddie on that, that this, this season has definitely been reminding us about Blaine being, you know, the, the big bad that he is. Um, and she also mentions Peyton not wanting to keep secrets from Ravi is such a nice development. 
for sure. She talks about how, like, the relationships that, like, on the show, if they hide secrets, they usually crash and burn, which is so true. Um, she said, although it felt a little too convenient that Isabel just let everything out. That is fair. That is fair. Um, but, hey, she's a teenager, right? So <laughs> she's going to she's gonna say some things she shouldn't say sometimes. Um, and, uh, and now we just need to wait for the rest of the No Secrets Club to find out about Renegade. Um, yeah, I wonder if Clive, again, as we talked about, if Clive's going to find out anytime soon, and if Major will sooner rather than later. And then she also mentions about Peyton becoming more vital to the main story, definitely with her being um, Deputy Mayor. That's an exciting thing uh, exciting thing to see for sure. Um, and then she kind of, she mentions about Chase Graves, like, calling what he's going through almost a descent into madness, which is a really interesting uh, idea for maybe what will be happening to him, especially seeing him go almost into full zombie mode uh, for a little second. He seems very paranoid, and she's wondering when he'll eventually snap, and that might lead to his downfall. And, uh, yeah, I... Oh, and then about Major, I also wonder if it will be the ultimate uh, motivation to for Major to jump ship before Chase drags him down, possibly live, but we will have to wait and see. Yeah, again, um, what she, uh, what Maddie brings up. What, what do you guys think about Chase? Like, do we think we're going to see the end of Chase Graves this season with this descent into madness, as Maddie says? It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I, feel, I, I don't know. I feel like ahead. it's. No, I mean, I feel like it's to me, it's as simple as that. Like, it definitely wouldn't surprise me. Um, again, I wouldn't. I think I could easily see, uh, see yes that happening and him again being put down or stopped by Major who you know obviously might realize he is uh, in over his head and that Chase is going too far for sure um, and then Maddie also mentions that she was happy that uh, Captain Seattle and Jordan, the recruits, came back. She was happy they didn't forget about them. Um, you know, she liked the way that she's been introduced this season, and she even said she'd like to see Justin. You guys remember Justin from last season? She might be one of the few people that wants to see Justin come back. I mean, his come. name was mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's in the armory, so... Chase, yeah. I think Chase Graves, or... Someone, I can't... Ah, dang it. I can't remember who said it. I think it was either Major either. or Chase Graves, but he said, call... Oh, I think it was Major. Call Justin. Lockdown. Right. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, he's definitely still around. I just... I don't know what... He is not relevant I, I would... to what the show needs to accomplish otherwise. That's how I view it. He was a good character. Yeah. He served his purpose last season, and I really enjoyed him. If he had stuck around in some capacity, I would have been cool with it, but um, there's no time to waste. We have four episodes left. It's Eight kinda got how, no time for that. <laughs> it's kind of how I, it's kind of how we feel. I think how I, at least I and and the, the three of us felt about Stacy Boss. Yeah, where it's like good good character, but we don't necessarily need him in this season. But you know, if, if they have something for Justin, maybe in next season. I, I'm not opposed to him coming back, just not with four episodes left and so much going on. Yeah, um, I mean, even Stacy Boss wasn't in this episode. He was yeah, I'm, 
conveniently missing. I'm I'm wondering if he's done, if they just brought him back to create conflict for last last week's episode, but we will we shall see. Um and then lastly, Maddie mentions um finally I've been waiting to see Pipe happy for quite a while now and seeing him embrace his nerdy side with two of my favorite recurring characters, Vampire Steve and Jimmy Sketch uh Sketch a family friendly podcast. Sketch artist, we'll just call him, uh was pretty great. Uh <laughs> He made that scene for me with his change of tone to a princess as Maiden. Uh, yes, but Lady Priscilla, as we mentioned. Why I love Clive and Bosnia, Michelle is just too lovable to ignore. The kiss between Clive and her made total sense in the narrative, and seeing Vampire Steve react to it was the best way to end the scene. Uh, I'm with Maddie on the Clive and Bosnia kiss. Or excuse me, not the Clive and Bosnia, the Clive and Michelle kiss. And Michelle as a character overall, I just, I really like her. Um, I mean, Bosnia. I'm always gonna I'm always gonna carry a torch for Bazio and I'm not ready to say goodbye to Dale and Clive again as we talked about before, but I I really like Michelle's presence on the show and even if she and Clive don't end up together together, I'd still like to see her around. Because, I don't know, she's she's fun. I like that she's a, like a rookie. Um she kinda brings something fresh. She's not Kavanaugh. So um, There's a plus. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> He's a stick then, in the mud. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, she just says, cannot wait to hear your guys' thoughts on this episode, and thank you for the shout-out on last week's episode. Well, Maddie, you're very welcome for the shout-out. Um, we appreciate you writing into us. Thank you You so forgot much for... one important detail. What, what? Winky face emoji. Ah, uh, yes, the most important detail. Duh. Um, <laughs> but, again, we really appreciate you writing into us, uh, whether it's on Twitter or email. Um it means it means a lot to us. We we, we love to hear from you guys, and, and Maddie now has been has been contacting us uh, quite a bit recently, and we appreciate it. Um, so if you want to have any of your thoughts uh, shared here on iZombie Radio, make sure you either tweet at us at iZombie at iZombie Radio on Twitter. Um, I try to at put, put iZombie, up. iZombie, that is us. At iZombie, yes, that is us. Yes, at iZombie. I wish. Yeah, I wish. So at iZombie Radio on Twitter, um, iZombie Radio on Facebook. I try to put up a Facebook post of sorts either the night of the episode or the day after. Um, and then you can always get uh, reach us to uh, at uh, at Jesus. You can always reach us on email too, um, and that is iZombie Radio at gmail dot com. Um, so yeah, that will do it for us this week. Uh, Blaze, you want to tell the good people at home where they can find you? Yes, because it can be done very quickly. At Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, like I said, busy with work stuff still. So, um, I you know, I guess random things popping up here and there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, be on the lookout. You know, I'm always uh, down to engage with the fans, whether it's about iZombie or comic books or anything else you see me uh, tweeting about. So, Feel free to check me out. Awesome. Sean, how about you, my friend? Uh, Twitter, at SnarkySean. I do things. I podcast about things. I talk about things. I mean, it, it's all in my Twitter bio. So, podcasts about the shows I like to watch. Write about stuff that I sometimes like to watch. You know, the usual. Alrighty then, and you guys can find me always, as always on Twitter at Seekinger13. 
Uh, you got my reviews for iZombie, Arrow, Supergirl, Riverdale, New Girl, and I believe that is it. Um, and yeah, just be always on the lookout uh, for new episodes of iZombie Radio. When they drop, we'll post them both on Twitter and Facebook, which I mentioned before. Uh, and they'll also be on iZombieRadio.com and on our feed, which you can subscribe to at a myriad of places. And uh, yeah, that will do it for us this week, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, hope you all have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye now.